0: In this episode, we're following the journey of one first home buyer who has conquered the mountain. We're going to hear about the lessons she learned, whether her assumptions were right or wrong, the mistakes she made and those that were avoided, and ultimately, how she sealed the deal. Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan, and that was Veronica. We're both buyers, agents, and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step.
1: Now we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode and if you'd like more useful tools head over to the website homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property
0: and our where to buy a workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You, of course, know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now, we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information.
1: Hearing from our members who made it all the way to the summit and purchased their first home, and before we introduce Christy, which I have to say is not her real name, she's being anonymous. Okay, so if you're <laughs> watching the video, you'll see that Christy looks like well, basically a black screen with HBA graduate with a little... <laughs> Smiley, smiley face on face. it. <laughs> okay, before we introduce Christy, uh, Megan, tell us about your house of the week. It's a interesting little construction. This one, if you're watching look the video,
0: at that. look at that. This is in Montreal, in Canada, and it's actually a uh, I think it was an architect's thesis, but they ended up building it, and people live in this. This is this is fascinating. It is a bunch of boxes. It almost looks yeah. like it almost looks like they've got a whole heap, but it's not just boxes on top of each other. Um for those that aren't watching it is boxes that are placed in at different angles over each other and it is it looks like an engineering feat I love it it's amazing
1: it's pretty cool it does a bit look like a toddler's playroom you know they've just <laughs> been playing with the <laughs>
0: playing with the blocks and
1: threw them in a the corner and anyway. walked away
0: <laughs> Any way that they could possibly stick them together. <laughs>
1: It actually reminds me a little bit of in Sydney Harbour, Cirrus, I think it's called Cirrus, which is uh, a brutalist building, which is actually public housing for many years. And recently it's been uh, redeveloped and now selling for ridiculous amounts of money because it's pretty incredible views. But it, mm-hmm. it reminds me of that, a bunch of boxes basically all stacked on top of each other. Okay. All Christy, right. Let's kick off. Chrissy is our HBA graduate, Home bar Academy graduate. We're so excited to be sharing her story
2: today. Thank you for coming along. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Really excited to talk to you both after listening to your voices for so for so long. <laughs> it's you great get to, to meet We you. get to listen this time,
0: and you get to talk. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Let's start at the beginning. When sure. did you first decide that you wanted to buy a property?
2: I mean, really, it, it's been a life goal, um, but I think I. I started dabbling at looking, like kicking the tires, as as you kind of say, just before the pandemic. I think I was sort of starting to look at um, look at properties, um, and I had quite a. I mean, I knew nothing, so I know I know you've said a, a few times. Some uh, other students in the program uh, say that they do, you know, step seven, three, five, two, <laughs> and like I'm also guilty of that. Like I think I I was looking. You know, my aim was to be in the city. I didn't really have any considerations on the asset. I think deep down I I was thinking a stepping stone strategy, but didn't know what that was. I think that was just kind of my mentality. Um, I went to uh, a big four bank to see what I could get pre approved for, for, didn't talk to a broker. Like I just kind of did all of these tire kicking exercises and ambling about and. Didn't really know what I was doing but also fairly overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, I'm in Sydney and it's really hard here Um, Mm. and, uh, yeah, obviously not knowing what I didn't know uh, and also not really knowing much of anything at the start.
1: And you're buying as a single woman, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, It's amazing actually we've actually had quite a few single women in Mm. the course and I think it's fantastic because, well, one, I think that women tend to reach out for help. Quicker, I think, than men. And mm, I know I've interviewed quite a lot of men over the years who said, "Yeah, well, it took me much longer than my partner, if you're in a partnership, to come to the point where I realized I didn't actually know what I needed mm, to know, and mm. I, and and I shouldn't either because I'm not an expert in this field." So, so well done on that. Well done, um, and it's an
0: empowering process too. Yeah, to, to actually absolutely. make that decision and then say, "Well, I'm going to bring in the people that can guide me the best." rather than trying to fumble my way through this, doing all the steps out of course.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I I like to research. So, you know, I've always got that mindset of learning things when you don't know them rather than just assuming.
1: And I know in our forum, so our members have access to a forum where they get to ask lots and lots of questions. And even the more personal questions when you got to the point, we were jumping ahead here, where you got to um, send through details, which is in a private channel, if you like, um, <laughs> about the actual property you're looking at, you know, you ask amazing questions and great questions. Um, and, in fact, I think we've each, even created some of our podcast episodes, from,
0: yes. you know, that have started from, from some, some of the questions. questions you've asked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so really good questions. They're not just questions that you have often. Yeah. 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 That other people haven't even thought of.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Mm. I mean, quite yeah. often it's like, oh, do I need to think about that? But let's go back to the actual beginning because you said that you started really deciding that you're going to do this just at the beginning of the pandemic but you must have been saving for a
2: while right because you have to have a deposit right so yeah so tell us about that so it was just like okay i'll start saving don't know what for (laughs) that was that was a you know i just like i want a deposit for a place well how do you how do you do that i don't really know Ah. but i'll just keep saving until i figure it out or until i know what i want or what i'm looking for um uh, you know, it's the thing you do. Um, so that was a little bit mindless, but it was just, but it was a good thing to do, obviously, because it meant that once I got serious, I was pretty close to being ready in that, in that regard. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, of course, then there's forming the dream team and enrolling in the, in the course and learning how things actually work and learning what the steps are. All of that actually made me ready. So I guess it's, you know,
1: the beginning of the pandemic, so now we're recording this, what, in March 2022, so basically two years ago you Mm -hmm. decided. So this this process from when you said, right, you know, I can get serious about it now, How what sort of percentage are we talking about? Do you mind me asking about that in terms of the deposit? Like did you have all your deposits saved up at that point?
2: You said you're going to be serious now? I think I've got enough. The thing, well, I, I didn't really have a clue because I I I went, okay, the bank will tell me what I need, right? Um, (laughs) I laugh now because, you know, I have a great mortgage broker and I know (laughs) so much more. But then I'm like, oh, the bank will tell me what I can borrow. So I I went to the the bank and he gave me, and this is one of those um, nuggets of gold from the two of you that, don't ask the wrong person for the wrong advice or don't take advice from the wrong person or the person who's not the field expert Mm. because this more, this uh, lender at a big four bank was saying, oh, you're a first home buyer. So you should buy within the grant range. And (gasps) uh, I will, Uh. I will approve the amount that will allow (sighs) you to buy within the, the uh, grant range. And you should buy a house because that's what's valuable. Um, And, and, I'm like, which which uh, capital are you in? And he was not from Sydney, so he didn't know anything really about what it's like here. And so it was all, all of this sort of stuff. And I, I mean, I was like, yeah, all of this sounds wrong. Like I, I, I knew enough to know that, um, except for the part about the first homeowner grants um, and and uh, concessions. That originally was my aim to to fall within that that mm. range, and I was. Um, By those standards, pretty close.
1: That's really interesting though because I wonder how hard is it to let go of that because I know it must feel like free money. (laughs) Free money. Mm. Yeah,
2: except that when you start looking at assets and this is where learning what makes a good asset is so important because when you start looking at the quality you get in that price range, Mm. there's so much crap. It's just there's so much crap, Mm. really bad. And Bad. did you find that prices
0: were a bit in, inflated because so many people were, tr- were competing to try and keep within that price range?
2: Oh, I wondered about that, but no, he, the prices just kept going up and up. And I, I, so to sort of fill out the timeline, a bit before the pandemic was, start, was when I was starting to look at listings then once the pandemic hit I went well I can't go and actually visit anywhere so I need to do some research and that's when I found the course and that's when I enrolled and started learning things and I thought yeah I wonder if people are going to be really competitive within the first homeowner grant range and Mm. all I could see once restrictions lifted and 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 went back again like in with the lo- lockdowns and uh reopenings and all of that prices were just going up and up this mm. is all all i saw or, or at least flat so i thought to be a player in this game i'm gonna have to go further it's just in if i want to buy in this city in this metropolitan area i i need to step up uh, mm. and and the grant's as as you say, uh, really to stimulate things like building and development, they're mm-hmm. not for us. Which is a bit disheartening when you when you think about it. But
0: you, I think uh, heart in the right place. But it certainly, um, the the restrictions that are placed on what you can do with those grants is is very clearly about who they're trying to stimulate, and that's that's the construction yeah. industry. At yeah. the time. How long did it take you to save up the deposit? Do you
2: remember? Um. Oh, a fair few years. Yeah. 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 It took several years. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Quite a few years.
0: And you mentioned that you got some advice, and I'm using inverted commas with my fingers. What do you call them? Rabbit ears? Big
2: big air quotes on that one. (laughs) Big air quotes (laughs) on that. You got some
0: advice about what you should buy from um, one of the big four banks, and then (laughs) realised, hang on, hold hold your horses. Who else was trying to give you advice at that uh, in those early stages of of your you starting your process?
2: Ah. I I think that I guess the other big factor is just what the media is doing at any given time. Um, it, ca- it can can steer you one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of hysteria, and and you know you've got to keep in mind that that's for clicks. You know, there's a lot of clickbait. Uh, about Sydney property in particular, so yeah, I mean, I didn't sort of go around asking for advice at, yeah. at that point. I right. just wanted to do my own own research um, after that because I thought this can't be right, or it, it might not be something I can achieve if I follow that advice from from the bank and go with the the bank's um, lending frame of reference because i Um, guess the the thing i've learned since speaking to a mortgage broker is the big four are really stingy and those are his exact (laughs) words he's like they're so stingy so yeah a good mortgage broker worth their weight in gold
1: that's hilarious i i I know that I've been doing some research because every year uh, for the Elephant in the Room podcast, we put together a full forecast report and this particular year, and I guess we release it on, the, on um, April Fool's Day, of course, um, and this particular year, we're doing a bank scorecard and... Honestly, they just get it wrong, and it's it, they would get it right. I don't know, I, I actually got to calculate this, but it, we're talking about 10% of the time, and it's all
0: those headlines when you say wrong or right. What, what, what are you referring they're, to they're forecasts. Sorry, oh, their, their forecasts? Sorry, their forecasts, yeah. yeah,
1: and that's what the you know makes a lot of the headlines. Mm. Here's a classic one there's a Westpac. One, Westpac uh, headline, I saw this headline in a number of different places and it was like they predict 14% fall in property prices, right? Their forecast at that point was for a 2% increase in the rest of 2021, a 5%, sorry, 7% fall, I think in 2022 and a 5% fall in 2023. Now, when you add those up, now you could be clever and compound them, but even if you just add them up, The 2% plus the 5% plus the 7% equals 14%. But it's actually plus 2 minus 5 minus 7. And mm. someone has got no mass ability and has just (laughs) added the three figures together and came up with 14%. And And that's the headline. (laughs) I had to go through honestly with a fine tooth comb. And I I went back to Chris, who's my co-host on that podcast. I went, can you check my working out here? Because... Someone's got it wrong. They've, the headlines ran and ran and ran. Fourteen percent fall, and it's actually an incorrect calculation of basically what their forecast is anyway. And the forecast will be wrong because if you go back <laughs> their track records, they're always wrong. Well, they're nine nine times out of ten. So, so I love the fact that you said you are. I'm just going to steer clear of the media hysteria. Mm, that, mm. That's a but you must be a rare critical thinker. <laughs> Most people get carried away on this wave. Yeah.
2: Why? Why do you think differently? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just, um, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm just very curious about a lot of things, and I like to research and I like to hear what experts have to say. Um, and also, I found that you know a lot of a lot of um, articles on on various media sites or, or real estate sites mm. were pretty thin. Anyway, they're light on detail, and I like details, so uh, yeah, that's why I kind of looked looked beyond. Got it. Mm. Yeah. Now,
1: when did you actually sign up for the course exactly? I can't remember. It was in lockdown, like
2: the first lockdown. Because yeah. yeah, right. I'm like, was, well, I can't do it was anything. Like April so, or- so study time. This is the time yeah. to kind of yeah. get stuck in. Um, and we we did have a big uplift
0: in in uh new new members at that time mm. I remember because they couldn't go and do the physical stuff so they they mm. needed to just engage the brain yeah um which was incredibly valuable that when you could yes. go out there and do the physical stuff you were very well armed yeah that's right
2: mm. um, particularly
1: our victorian um for sure Students, lockdown champions so hard for them they couldn't yeah. see anything they could do <laughs> nothing i was so remember the early days of the beta group megan we were yeah. doing our little weekly saturday catch-ups with them <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Dog comparing lockdown stories but anyway <laughs> but there, many of them are guilty. I, I
0: remember being out at lunch uh and then going home to do one of those and and yes. the guilt that i felt that i'd been out at <laughs> out of the house basically in the sun as well anyway it was sunny too yeah we sunny.
1: digress so you we started oh, you signed up for the course um in yeah in the middle of lockdown and so i guess what did you find you know i guess what were the first revelations that you had when you
2: started doing it uh what makes a good asset and and thinking about it as an asset not just as uh, uh, like just basing your decision on an emotional reaction to a place, but think thinking of it as an asset um, was a big thing. Um, and then just the process of everything. I think one of the most valuable things overall was knowing how it works and knowing how, uh, I don't know, counterintuitive a lot of mm. the process is to the point where so, it, it, so much of it doesn't feel consumer friendly at all it's almost like you've got more rights as a consumer if you buy a fridge than if you buy a property which is pretty wild, it's wild. i so, think you do and some me, people do yeah. more research on the fridge than they Absolutely. do on a property yes and and so uh so all, all of all of that Um, was a revelation and I think yeah the really valuable part for me was if I hadn't known that this is actually how it works I might have just never done it I might never have gone through with it because I would have been this is a scam I'm not doing this I've got no rights what I'm waving a cooling off period why would I do that like that that would be my mindset uh Mm. naturally but knowing that you've got a you've got a those are the rules of engagement and if you want to play the game that's what you've got to it's what mm. you've got to do. is mm. um, uh yeah it was was really important for me. Yeah you can't
0: you can't fight the process and no. you can't alter mm. it. Uh no, you've got to you to understand it and work within it.
2: Yeah you've got to accept it. you've got to see it as it is and decide am I going to play or am I going to opt out? Um, mm. and I wanted to play the game. Uh so that I I did I, but I learned how it worked. Right. And I researched in depth.
0: Tell us about the search process itself. Yeah, Did you okay. find that you changed locations? So you talked about well, you yeah, know, initially talked about got the-, that, uh, the advice about <laughs> new and went,
2: no, that's not working for me. But what about location? Yeah. So looking at the city and realizing that I, in my price range, I wasn't going to get what I believed to be a good asset. I started mm. to kind of zoom out, like literally on the map, zoom out and and look at the price, various price points that, um, yeah, I was looking at. Um, and seeing how close I could get to the city in an area that I liked, but where I could get something that, yeah, was it was a decent asset. Um, mm. Yeah, so that, that that was part of it. And then the next step was the Excel spreadsheet uh, and being extremely nerdy about tracking sales in the area that I'd landed well on. Yep. Uh, and I've even like, I've, I separated it out so that, because I'm looking, I was looking at units. So I separated it out by unit number and the street number. So I could sort it by street number if I, and to see what other sales had gone on in the same building. So I kind of, I, I did it in that granular way. Oh, you um, are a spreadsheet queen. Yeah. Just very nerdy, but it was really helpful <laughs> because when something came up, I'm like, I, oh, that. Mm address sounds familiar I could actually see if there were recent sales in that building um and then and also it helped me kind of keep track if I went if I visited um somewhere I had my notes on the building as well as the as the unit because there are some buildings that I really didn't like for various reasons mm-hmm. um and and so it was good to kind of keep track of all of that information Right. So,
1: Love it.
2: now for those who haven't done
0: the course, there, the, the spreadsheet that, um, that is being referred to, there is a big part of the search process, and also um, helps with uh, recalibrating um, in step four, uh, module four, I think it is revise and correct.
1: That's module um,
0: five. But anyway, five, <laughs> uh, so I'm a different location recording today. I haven't got the. I've got, I've got the it, I mean. reminder down the down the side of my wall here. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do module five in you know at module. Don't seven. get it in the
1: wrong order. The right but, order. Do it right order. But
0: it is an incredibly good way of tracking what you've seen, prices, uh, changes in the marketplace, and so forth. And and that's what we're talking about there with um with the spreadsheet.
1: Yeah, it's really important. Did you find though that the type of property you uh, you ended up buying or you ended up looking for was different to what you started looking at? I mean, did you actually always look at apartments despite what that bank person said? Or did you find that um, you were looking for something entirely different originally?
2: Uh, there'd been enough bad press about new buildings that I are very quickly ruled out anything less than 20 years old 20 or 30 years old um so i ended up looking at that sort of classic sydney thing of the three-floor walk-up mm-hmm. built in the 60s 70s and yeah. 80s it sounds like a Greatest hits, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I, I I looked at at those properties and I also only compared those properties because uh, in the area I was looking at there, and I guess it's typical of many Sydney areas, there are lots of those newer ones mm-hmm. that all kind of look the same, yeah. uh, cookie cutter. I've heard you refer to on on the show um, mm-hmm. and in the course. Uh, there's lots of those, and they just tend to be a different price point, different kind of asset. I did occasionally look at them, and every time I was like, "I really hate these." Um, so, so yeah. Once I'd kind of landed on on older building, the area and the size, I kind of stuck to that, and and there was enough to compare and contrast within that within that bracket. Fabulous. So, how
1: did you ultimately, you know, how did you know that you'd found the one when you found the one?
2: Yeah. So. Um, I had boxes that, you, you know, you have your 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 wish list and then what you're willing to compromise on. And the thing I found with most what I was looking at, they just weren't ticking most of the fundamental boxes by, by my standard. And every now and then I'm like, am I being too fussy? No, I don't think I am. Mm. But it was things like what I wanted was top floor, um, you know, north-facing balcony, lots of natural light, um you know two two bedroom decent floor plan um internal laundry preferably lock-up garage preferably like th- those those were the things i was looking for yeah. and so many places are like ground floor ground floor no natural light it's bigger but there's still no natural light or mm. you could climb in this balcony Uh, do not want that doesn't doesn't feel secure yeah Uh, there was one place I saw had a courtyard I'm like oh that's nice I wonder if it's on title wasn't on title still went for a crazy amount because they timed that one right after lockdown one of the lockdowns Um, (laughs) people wanted space yeah they wanted space it's like yeah "Yeah, but it's not on title y'all and that was another thing that I just knew nothing about before I did the course but like always checking what is on title what is not on title Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I I did look at a lot of places that just, and then don't buy on a main road like that other one. Um, so there'd be ones that would be top floor, but on a main road or, uh, you know, North facing, but second floor or there's always that. And I'm like, I'm just, those are the things I'm not really willing to compromise on. And I know, you know, that process of becoming, uh, an area expert I knew that the unit the type of unit I wanted existed Mm -hmm. in reality Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just needed it to come on the market so so when it did uh you know quiet street two-bedroom north-facing decent size decent floor plan uh internal laundry lock-up garage all of that kind of stuff when that came on the market I'm like okay I knew that was the one to push for yeah, and I'm probably going to have to move quite quickly. Yeah, Was it probably a treaty or an auction? Ha,
1: what, yeah. I, before we get to that, yeah. I think what's so interesting here is that because when you look at units, and, and uh, we're not talking about brand new or cookie-cutter mm. stuff, but even if you're looking at this older style, the 60s, 70s type blocks, you know, often these suburbs have quite a few of these blocks in them and yeah. all, they might all have nine or 12 apartments in each block, right? And But even then getting the north facing on the top floor with the good floor plan not on a main road with the garage and and the internal laundry that is Makes it scarce. They're the yeah. scarce thing. So you can yep. see how many crappy ones that don't quite have all the wrong ingredients right. And so that's, you know, that's what we, because we were always harping on about scarcity. Scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. scarcity. Yeah. owner-occupier so appeal and scarcity. Yeah. yeah. So even within a type of property where there are more of them than houses and where there's lots of similarities, you might look at a whole bunch of buildings, oh, they're all the same. No, they're not. And yeah. you know you've discovered that so so then you pounced okay so over
0: to Megan's question <laughs> <laughs> I was, did I ask oh did you buy by auction an
2: uh, auction or private treaty so was so, it negotiated or so public? this is where it, where it gets interesting but I just wanted to touch on scarcity because that was something that I guess everywhere I visited I could hear the two of you. T- <laughs> <laughs> I know, use it it you ear. advising me <laughs> yeah um you know is it scarce it's I that scarce. was scarce so come di- a dime a dozen you know beware of lipstick on a pig and that that's something I saw so much that there were places that were clearly nicely renovated but you know if you look closely quite hurriedly renovated mm. um and on ground floor overlooking a power station or on a mm-hmm. main road or like whatever um and so I, I yeah I kind of had to you know Steal myself to uh, maintain the standard, right? Mm. Um, and uh, you know, am I being fussy stay strong? Or- yes. <laughs> yeah. Am I being fussy, or am I um, looking for scarcity? And I knew, you know, that it existed, and and yes. uh, it was just that's scarce. the key point. Yes. You weren't
0: looking for something that you didn't know. No, you weren't looking for something that didn't, didn't exist. exist. You actually yeah. had worked out that yep, if that came up, that meant the brief, and it was in my budget. So that's a really, really important point because you're not looking for a unicorn. You have to stop. Yes. It. People people have to stop the idealising of mm. I'm going to get this in this suburb in this price range if it has never existed in, in very recent history. Yeah. So I think that's a really, really important thing because scarcity is, is vital to asset selection but you can go too far and never end up buying because it doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, it's such a good point, and I remember one of your posts on the in the forum there, uh, Christy, and, and my daughter had just had this conversation with me about her food choices, right? She's 15, <laughs> and she'd said, I'm not fussy, I'm just particular. And, and I just, you know, one of your questions was around that. Am I am I looking for something that doesn't exist, you know? What should I give up on? And that's what I went back to you and said. I just think that, that I'm not fussy, I'm particular, and it does come, <laughs> it, you know, <laughs> it works you perfectly in discerning. yeah <laughs> discerning that's it it works perfectly in this situation because that's mm. exactly true that you know yeah you can go i am going to stick to my guns and i'm not going to compromise on anything but you're not looking for, you, if you're looking for a unicorn then you can you know you should be looking at yeah. 10 years time yeah, so yeah.
0: that's it's one great. of the first questions in buyers agency we ask isn't it you, if someone's been looking for 2 years you say, have you seen anything that you would have yes. bought that was inside your budget <laughs> and if the answer is no then they are unicorn hunting
1: ah dear.
0: recalibration required yeah
2: unless i guess the thing is i really i kind of hadn't seen what i was looking for but i knew it existed it just hadn't been available to buy yeah but um so the negotiation yes okay what was involved (laughs) so um this this was going to auction this this property was going to auction so i was reading the final chapters of of auction ready and uh <laughs> kind of going okay i might have to put on a bit of a persona to do this you know what was it charming um charming and unpredictable was the persona to to, to right. adopt there yeah so i was kind of psyching myself up for that but um i made sure i expressed interest uh early and and was kept in the loop and at that very first uh inspection there were competitive vibes there already and and posturing from some of like one of the alphas um, <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a, this guy talking where's the you know he was asking where's the agent because it was only the assistants there that day it wasn't wasn't the um principal agent Mm. I said, like, "Where, where is he? Oh, I want to talk to him." And you know, and they're like, "Wow!" Oh, and then, and then the uh, <laughs> the equally alpha partner swooped in and said, "Oh, well." I started giving the property history, like they were both posturing really loudly, so that all the rest of us might be intimidated. I'm like, okay, cool, <laughs> power play, it's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you saw right through it. Well, I, I, I just, I was like. Uh, in the end, it's whoever wins the bid. So let's just take it one step at a time, I guess. Mm-hmm. But there were lots of people inquiring. Like you, you could see mm-hmm. there, were, there was interest. Yeah. Um, but I will say there was a compromise pretty evident that it needs a bit of work. Like it is a bit tired. And I had no intention of wanting a fixer-upper or, or, or renovations at all. But that's the compromise I ended up making because mm-hmm. you can't make extra natural light you can't make north facing asset you can't yep. you know all of that sort of stuff mm. but you can you know cover a popcorn ceiling and yep. replace carpet so yes. that's that's kind of where i went with that in terms of compromise but um yeah so it was set to go to auction i expressed interest early um, and and asked if uh, people were making or they were accepting if the vendor was accepting offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said not at this stage, but possibly the weekend before auction, we will discuss with the vendor whether uh, we might accept offers. There was a lot of that really uh, fumbling, lengthy language they use, like to <laughs> kind of I don't know whether it's deliberate or but it, it sort of makes you feel a little bit off balance. Um, we're looking to communicate and discuss whether we might look at maybe accepting <laughs> offers, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So there was, there was quite a lot of that. Um, in the meantime, I'm like, right, due diligence, talk to, you know, get the contract. Send it to the conveyancer who was an absolute legend, by the way, absolutely brilliant lawyer. Um does all of the things like the strata property law and conveyancing. So Fabulous. um, yeah, really good, really good advice, answered lots of questions. Also knew about the course, by the way. So oh, uh, yeah. Um excellent. So Did we recommend so that
1: person or that you found that person? No, I, I
2: found I found her via web search and just glowing reviews from from people that seemed like real reviews not mm, you know right. click farm reviews mm. real ones i oh, will have to um, get you to share her details with us yeah great I'll yeah th- yeah. it's th- always yeah, good to have good people I- on the team mm. yeah um so so yeah i'm I, and I, I thought even if i don't go all the way through this stepping through due diligence is a really good exercise mm. in a real world situation mm. um so so yeah i sent the contract to her. I um kept the mortgage broker um updated, uh got the strata report. And it was great that my um solicitor reviewed the strata report as well as the contract. Right. And wrote yeah. really good summaries and answered all my questions. And you know I like to ask questions. <laughs> so uh <laughs> yeah so we sort of did all of that due diligence and um, yeah so I was kind of making moves to be ready whatever the case was pre-auction conditions or auction conditions it's kind mm-hmm. of the same thing mm-hmm. so um yeah that was that was that first part right well done so, so um, I'm, I'm you are that it didn't move <laughs> to auction no that's so then they um they started t- taking uh, I'm just trying to think of the order so they they they, they started being interested in taking offers I guess it was sort of the next step ah. um, and the, the 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 assistants kind of asked me for my pr- and this is something you get quite a bit they ask you for your price feedback mm-hmm. and I made it kind of a policy that I would either just agree with whatever their price guide was I'd uh, say, oh, your price range of blah to blah is about right, w- mm-hmm. would be what I'd say. Um, That's or- what they deserve, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I would just kind of just, you know, massage the ego, I guess, and just say, oh, yeah, I think you you pitched it about right. Or I'd say, oh, I'm not really sure. I'm still researching, which is what I did in this scenario because I thought until you're formally taking offers, I'm not going to say a number. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so, they, they set the, I got a call from the agent. He said, we're we're going to start taking offers now. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, I, I said, you know, what are the, what are your rules of engagement? He's like, oh, I'm taking them in writing like that. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Um, I spoke to the solicitor. She gave me exact wording to use when making the offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made the offer via email within the, the range that the agent set and mm-hmm. um, And then I played a waiting game for a few days and heard back from the agent that there was a a higher offer and then a counter to that higher offer. So there were three of us bidding on it. And then there was was another, uh, uh, like, a fourth offer coming from the person who made the second offer. So it was kind of all this sort of stuff going on. And he says, so now... If this were an auction, I would say this is what the agent said. I would say this is on the market now. Like this is so. Oh, I'm it's reached okay. a price
0: that they would sell at.
2: Yeah. So it's uh yeah. So it's a uh, um. Uh, in my mind, it's basically a slow moving auction now. Yeah. is How I was viewing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and.
1: A bit blind too because, of yeah. course, you've, you've got to then believe the agent in, yes. in what they say to you. Yes. But it is a really good question because we do say, uh, often I talk about it in my business, it's like the tripwire, you know, that yeah. the agents are trying to get it to a point where they go, okay, we now know it's going to sell and then all of a sudden the dial turns up and you go, bang, yes. this is on for good. It's a bit like yeah. in an auction where it's over-reserved. Mm-hmm. So what happened once it was at that point?
2: So the second bidder counted the third bidder and the um the agent said uh i've advised that second bidder to make an offer a really healthy offer over and above that third bidder and i'm thinking oh god where is this gonna go
0: <laughs> where is this gonna go <laughs> so was he giving um, you prices at that point in
2: time or yeah how? yeah he
0: was yeah he was giving me the actual giving,
2: numbers giving mm. giving me the the actual
0: numbers they and have a dutch auction going on now
2: is that what that is that what that do you know, is like?
1: Do you know just as an aside, we call it a Dutch auction. Everyone mm. calls it a Dutch auction. Do you know what a Dutch auction really is, though? No, I've never like a, looked it up. Yeah, at the fish markets they do this. It's basically it actually starts at a high price and the and the the price starts falling. And it's like well, everyone has to hold their nerve. And then whoever wants to buy the, you know, the I don't know, is it a crater
0: oh, fish? Going, going, yeah, down, it and going down, yeah, it goes down
1: and they've got to jump in because they just think, oh my God, if I if someone else gets this price, it's really good value. So it's actually the opposite to what actually happens. But we How all did call we it
0: use the- that to the real estate industry. I
1: don't, I don't, but it's not even correct. We no. all use the term <laughs> incorrectly I only just I just learnt this and I was like, Oh, we all say this all See, the time. we All
0: learn something from this podcast. We're Everybody
1: all- learns something, <laughs> including me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back to your, du- <laughs> we'll call it a Dutch digress. auction because that's what people in the industry call it. But um, yeah, so you've got this auction going around behind closed doors, effectively
2: on the end of a telephone. Yes, and and this is this is the part that uh, it's it, it's a bit uncomfortable because you kind of don't really have a choice in mm. in that you, you've either got to believe them or opt out. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's pretty uncomfortable to fly blind like that um but uh, yeah but that that's that's the way it's that's the way it's going to go and so Mm -hmm. yeah he'd he'd advised the second bidder to bid well over and above the third bidder and it turned out that that second bidder did not do that they just offered just slightly more (laughs) than the than the uh second bidder Mm -hmm. he's like well he didn't follow my advice and he only offered you know x amount over um, it's like so. Uh, that's over to you. Are you still in? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not bowing out yet. I'll get back to you. And then I thought, okay. So if this were a live auction, this might be where I'd want um, you know, match or maybe slow the pace of this slightly. Um, so in an increment even lower than the third, the the third. Sorry, the second bidder outbidding the third. Uh, I. Outbid that bid. Oh, it's getting confusing now. But basically, the, <laughs> the, the unit the unit that had went smaller up smaller amount. I offered a smaller amount extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was enough. Or you, I waited another round. <laughs> waited and then I got a text saying, "Is that your best and final?" And I was like, <gasps> "Oh, I know that's a hard uh, was, one. Oh my yeah, god, oh my god, is. what do I do? What do I do?" And so I just I waited a moment, and it, I waited about. I I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, and then the phone rang and it was the agent. I thought, oh, my God. But I I sort of thought, well, if he's asking for a number, I'm still only ever going to put it in writing. I'm not going to say anything on the spot because I'll probably, like, yeah, just too nerve-wracking. So I, uh, when the phone rang, he's like, I I said, I'm sorry, I haven't got back to you yet, uh, but I will. He's like, I can make it really easy for you. The... um bit just below yours wants time to think about it if you can move today it's yours and I'm like I can move today let's <laughs> go okay. uh, I didn't say that right uh, right then but I, yeah. I uh I that's how it went I could oh, move today and so
0: congratulations I so, think the pace was very well played
2: yeah, it's it scary it's really scary and it's part of <sighs> you that always thinks you know did I get played and the answer is obviously yes obviously That's I got job. played because you do so you job. can't kid a kidder and they know more mm. than you so it's just it comes back to how does this fit with the price tracking that mm. you've done over mm. the course of like whatever period and it really did fit in that price scheme that i i had and what my initial impression was and the scarcity of that collection of attributes and all yeah. of that it really worked out well i think yeah
0: That's- i think the only time you will ever know what is happening with any other buyer is, is in a public auction that is That's the right. only time you'll ever know the rest of it you just have to say i am comfortable with what i paid yeah.
1: And it's that research that you've done in the spreadsheet that we talk about. And that's where it comes into its own because you've got that evidence there. But, you know, it's funny. I heard a story the other day from an agent who said to me, Oh, you know, I had this messiest exchange of contracts. I said, What made it messy? He said, Well, the person that the underbidder, the person that actually ended up pushing up everybody else and, and the highest bidder. I mean, it was a pre auction. Negotiation like that at the end of the telephone. Mm. We said that when it came down to the crunch, they said they could sign a contract, but they hadn't. They didn't have their sixty-six W. Now that isn't in in New South Wales. In order to sign a contract under auction conditions, you need a sixty-six W certificate from your lawyer or conveyancer. Mm. So you actually can't sign a pre-auction offer without it, because no agent is going to accept an offer prior to auction Mm. if it's not, you know, if they've got a cooling-off period, period, right? Mm. And so. That got messy because that actual person that had been competing and, and said, yeah, 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 I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, didn't actually understand and actually wasn't ready. And so he almost had egg on his face with his vendor and, you know, the, the if the other person didn't go up any higher, you know, he would have had the highest bidder actually unable to do what they said mm, they could do. Mm. So so it's funny because I had a bit of a chuckle with him because, of course, everybody hates agents, um, but sometimes agents have very good reasons for hating buyers. <laughs> and you know, um, and in, in your case, Christy, that you you actually were ready. And so that's actually what clinched the deal for you. Mm-hmm. It got to a point where that was more important than the price by the sounds of it.
2: It uh yeah, I I uh the, the preparation, the due diligence, the confidence, um, and you know, being able to match the pace. I think all of that kind of came together really well. Gorgeous, oh, Very pa-
0: proud of you. Pa- pa- oh, thank you. Anytime we get an email from, from one of our, our members that says, I've done
2: it, it's oh, like oh, these pumps and high fives. And <laughs> like a proud parent. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. And, I mean, yeah. I've got to thank you both so much for just all of the resources you've created. And the the podcast, the course, all all of the uh, online downloadables, all of that stuff has just been so invaluable Um, and it really gave me the confidence to move forward. So, yeah, huge props to you both. We
1: are thrilled and that's why we do it. I I do have a question for you which is slightly salesy and we do try not to be too salesy on this. i (laughs) like to make it clear that we, you know, obviously have a course for people to buy all the rest of it. But I've just been surveying a bunch of people that have done various bits and pieces. They've done the free course or they've done one of the workshops, but they haven't actually done the full course. And, uh, you know, quite a lot of people came back saying, oh, well, you know, I listened to the podcast. So I sort of, I, I knew what to do. Can you, I guess, can you illustrate what's the difference between listening to us rabbit on the podcast and doing the course?
2: Um, it's a few things. I think the structure is really important, and and getting the steps in the right order. Um, podcasts, by nature, jump around mm. in, on topics depending on what might be timely, or um, you know, you have a student purchase a house, and so you, or unit or whatever. So you know that that it's a product of timely um, timeliness, mm. whereas the course sets out the structure of what you need to do when you need to do it what order you need to do it in um, and it's in units as well it's you know broken up and and organized um, and has you know actual um visual resources as well that you can download different worksheets and um that kind of thing spreadsheets and worksheets so i think the structure is actually really important um, because yeah, you, you, if you do everything in the in the wrong order, you can end up caught out uh, not being prepared at the pointy end of proceedings.
1: Mm. Mm. And your story is a fantastic example exact- mm. about. the the preparation i love you know and you know i get we get little drips and drabs along the way and you ask certain questions about certain aspects of the negotiation certain aspects of the preparation and all the rest of it but i had no idea that that's actually how the negotiation came to a head so that's fantastic that's great Great. so our final question for you what is your one piece of advice for first home buyers who are still climbing the mountain
2: Uh, oh it's so nerdy but do your research (laughs) um you know and that that comes that you know counts towards your choice of property and the area that you're looking in but also your dream team um you know picking the right people asking the right questions collecting all of that information because that that research will matter all the way through the process and even afterwards Mm. because the thing that I didn't know to expect uh afterwards is just the roller coaster of emotions after you 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 sign on the dotted line and and give you your deposit uh it's really really Mm nerve-wracking uh and Mm. you know um and you know that that feeling a little bit of being played is just par for the course and so you go back to your, your research and go, no, actually, I've made the right decision because I have this data to support it. Um, Lovely. So, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, it's uh, really important. So
0: true, the roller coaster of emotions after the purchase mm. can Ooh. be, you know, it, it, sometimes called buyer's remorse and sometimes, you know, looking for other people to confirm an import. And, and you did this in, in quite a siloed way by mm-hmm. choice. You actually just wanted to have the experts in their fields um, advising you rather than having too much noise of family or friends having any kind of input. And I, quite, I really admire that because mm. you can be put off track by people who don't understand your circumstances and don't understand what it is that you're trying to achieve and, and, and what you've done and how you've got to where you are. So I, I think the way that you did that is really quite admirable um, be, because it allowed you to have your own headspace around that without having input from other people who didn't understand.
2: Yeah, it gives you space to, Yeah, it, it it gives you space to be methodical, and uh, uh, yeah, not be not be too emotional. But emotions are always going mm-hmm. to always be part of it, and you just kind of have to accept it. And ambiguity is always going to be part of it, and you just got to accept that as well. So, as much noise that you can cut out as possible uh, in this very noisy world is uh, is valuable, I think. Well, Beautiful. Well done.
1: We well so, so appreciate <laughs> you coming to uh, share that with Love us. I mean, real journey. Yeah, it's a great journey. And I think, you know, those extra challenges of doing it on your own, doing it in the, you know, Australia's hottest market at the hottest time, you know, um, I, I absolutely take my hat off to you for not sort of getting caught up in the frenzy and actually doing it in a way that means that, you know, yes, you have the normal emotions. Mm-hmm. One you know, of my team bought a house the other day. Right now, she's bought many houses. She's experienced as as I am. You know, she's got over 20 years real estate experience, bought and sold houses, you know, for clients over the years. Did it herself, has exactly the same post purchase distance, is, is the, the, you know, the, uh, the technical term for it. And we did the same thing. We stepped through the, all the all the information and all the research and all the the knowledge that was gained and and using the actual ultimate decision. And that's the best thing to do. And then you can start feeling excited when that when that, yeah, phases when that away, fades passes. away. Fades
2: away.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing your journey with us. Thank you.
2: Thanks very much.
0: In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for 1st home buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well.
1: Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.